Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the wealth within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcast globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. This episode is a recording of our live YouTube weekly stock market show. Every Tuesday night, Dale and Janine stream live on YouTube from 7 to 8pm to answer your most burning questions, as well as analyse stock for our viewers. To watch the show, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Stock Market Show under the Learning Centre. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Good evening and welcome to the Australian Stock Market Show. Tonight, as always, our aim is to shed some light on what is happening in the Australian stock market, as our goal is to inform and educate you on the realities of successful investing and trading. This is also the show where you get to ask us, the stock market experts, your questions, and we give you the answers. Our topic for tonight, will investing in small cap stocks deliver superior returns? Mm, Good question, isn't it? Hello, I'm Janine Cox and joining me tonight is Dale Gillam and we're Australia's most trusted stock market educators. How are you tonight? (laughs) I'm really good. You did a very good job with that. That's really good. Well done. Thank you. (laughs) I know, you must have been practising a lot. (laughs) In this COVID lockdown, you're probably practising a hell of a lot. too much time on my hands. Is that what you're saying? I don't have any time on my hands. I went for a walk down on the Yarra River right on the weekend a couple of times, right? Because it's just down the street for me um, here in Warrandyte. And like you put the mask on and you walk along the Yarra River. And I said to my wife, I said, I'm supposed to be getting fresh air here. All I'm getting is recirculated air in my mask. And everybody's got scarves on and, and all sorts of and different masks. there were lots masks. of different masks, weren't there? I saw one oh. with the skull and crossbones. I, I know, they're all scary ones. I've guy. seen football ones. It's like, who's smile. got the best scarves? It's you fresh. don't know whether someone's smiling or whether they're growling, do you? I know, that that's the hard part. Like, normally you go, hello, because, you know, <laughs> we're in, I mean, sort of semi-rural, if you want to call Warrandyte semi-rural. But it's like, hello, how are you going? It's like, we Just normally try, do that. try eating a dim sim with your mask on, you know, the other day. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was lady was watching me from her car and I said I'm not going to try to eat this with, with the mask on you know under the mask I said that's just ridiculous oh no it's a bit confusing <laughs> isn't it there was a Westfield on the weekend doing my grocery shopping and it's like I'm starving so I bought some Japanese I bought a roll I went okay now what do I do you just put it under your mask <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> and then you're trying to drink your coffee and it's like oh jeez I think tough. it's just it feels like everything's gone overboard doesn't it it feels like it's bit crazy because yeah. if you're walking down the street and there's nobody else on the street mm. but you know we're doing this because people have done the wrong thing well i saw something you know on, on facebook just to, to wrap up a little bit it's like you know in the world war ii they said you know the government in the uk said close all your window close all your curtains at night so the bombers can't see you know get a hold on where you are and keeping it so that was for good of everybody but imagine if you go ah, stuff it I'd, i'm you know i'm an independent i can make my own decisions left your curtains open and yeah. you had light coming out and they bombed your house and you mm. killed everybody else around you it's the same sort of thing yeah so don't walk into the supermarket or a place that's crowded with a mask without yeah. a mask so the, mm. the post was saying basically replace the word you know curtains for mask same yeah. thing and whether you whether you believe in it or not, i think you really do need to, to look you after everybody careful, anyway but um, remember if you have a burning question for us record a 30 second video and email it to info at wealthwithin.com.au now if you're shy you can also send us your question in as an email but i really do prefer a video so please do that if tonight is your first time watching then i may i say thank you for joining us and welcome to the show i hope you really enjoy what's going on tonight moving on it's the fourth tuesday in the month and this means well can i have that drum roll we look at world currencies so let's get into the charts right now All right, so here we have it on the screen. We can see at the top of the leaders board for the month, we've got the Australian dollar versus the Hong Kong dollar. And look, we're just trying to make it a bit tricky for you. there. we can't even see that. Come on. (laughs) So you can see 3.5% approximately there for Australian dollar, Hong Kong dollar and Australian dollar, US dollar. So it's good to see um, those currencies both pushing higher. 
So the, when we're looking at the Australian dollar versus British pound sterling, we can see there's a bit of a drop there, 0.3%, but it's only marginal for the month. The euro's at the bottom of the leaderboard, so Aussie dollar versus the euro down 1%. So look, there's not um, a huge change at the bottom end. It's only slight, but you know, it's positive at the top end, the Aussie dollar Hong Kong dollar. I mean, because that's mm. this is what we're seeing now. This is the last month. Do you want to go to the last year and have a little yeah, look at that? Because what I know the US dollar is looking sicker, and I know a lot of people are worried about the Fed just keep printing money. Mm. I don't know how many times I've seen the Fed just keep printing money, the market's got to crash, the US dollar's got to crash, you know, and it's like, well, federal debt or sovereign debt is completely different than personal debt, you know, because obviously since um, Richard Nixon separated the gold standard from the US dollar um, in that that we had these feared currencies. So, you know, they can print more money and there's a lot of economists around the world saying, hey, it's fine, it's okay, it's an actual valid theory and they think that's what we should be doing to support economies. So, but then again, the US dollar, the more they print it, the sicker it's got to get, doesn't it? And, and everything I'm seeing at the moment is the US dollar should be coming down against the Aussie dollar. Well, if you look uh, at it over history, they've done it many times before. Mm, mm. So, you know, they're lear obviously learning from history. So what do we know? If, you know, if the Fed's there doing what they're doing, they must know what they're doing. You've got to Correct. Trust that. Yeah, mm. so there's a bit of that with me. And, but, you know, you've got to look at other world uh, markets, you know, like Europe and obviously China and some of the other big players in the market and going, well, if the, the US keeps printing money, do we really need the US dollar as our world currency? Look, know? this has been debated for decades, and I think, mm. I don't know about you, but I think that's really a waste of hot air talking mm. about it, don't you? Yeah, it's, it's, it's quite overdone, and as I said, you know, with the, with the US keeps printing money or not, it's mm. one of those things. But I think this is what we're seeing on the screen at the moment is really about how good the Australian dollar is at the moment and how yeah, strong I mean, it is. I guess the bottom line mm. is if you're buying things that come from overseas, mm. um, it could be a lot better for you. But, you know, there's no, people mm. generally would get excited about the changes in the currency if they were thinking about travelling, and there's none of that at the moment. And there's none of that, yeah, so that's that's the issue. But I mm. think, to me, having the Australian dollar rising against major currencies is, is an actual vote of confidence in our economy. Yeah. Too, mm. and I think that's what we're seeing at the moment now. Or are obviously. we just riding on the skirt tail of a fall in the US dollar? Well, we could be riding under the US dollar, but mm. we are rising against the US dollar, and I think you know we have been. You know, our dollar did fall very heavily against the US dollar since about 2000, and I mean the last five or six years, it fell away mm. from was more than parity. I remember I was in the US eight nine years ago, nine years ago, and I was we were getting like you know. For one Aussie dollar, we're getting like a dollar ten US. I thought it was awesome. I was, I came home with five suitcases where the clothes and stuff because it was so cheap. Um, completely different after a while. It kept falling mm. away, but I think we're I now mean, starting to fight back. I guess that's different to someone who's mm. thinking about trading the currencies Correct. too, because it's really. I think it's quite risky right now because mm. it's potentially a changeable time. Um, whereas the runs already been had mm. on, on our dollar. I think most of it. Oh yeah, but possibly now, because obviously you know with the second half of this year, we're expecting the market to be more bearish. Mm. Um, um, we're expecting a whole lot of things to happen in the second half of this year. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with the currencies. It will. So, but as they say, wait till this time next next month. So when we're looking at uh, currencies, it's always the last four, the fourth Tuesday in the month. So if you want to see what we're talking about next month, uh, please tune on the fourth Tuesday. But now it's time to get into your questions. So uh, first up, we would like to thank everyone for their questions. Remember, if you do have a question, the more detail you provide, the more likely your question will be answered. And also remember not to send us an essay or war and peace. One or two short paragraphs will suffice for that. Um, but first up, we do have a video question. And this one's, one is from Ben. So take it away, Ben. Hey, Dale and Janine. Uh, really loving the content that you guys are putting out. I've always got Tuesday nights penciled into the diary to come tune in. My question is regarding Transurban. This stock has been on my watch list for quite some time now. And recently it's been trading sideways probably for the last sort of five to six weeks. Uh, it's been a strong performer in the past, so I'd like to take a position if I see some support. Um, I'd love to get your thoughts on where you think this stock is headed in the medium term. Thanks, guys. Wow, good question from Ben, wasn't it? Yeah, an interesting stock. It's mm -hmm. one of the big stocks on our market. It's a really nice stock. Mm. Historically, it's trended really well. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously Ben's had it on his watch list for a while. It's been trading sideways. I can't really see it trading sideways for the last few weeks, Ben. But um, you know, but it is. It has risen in that rise up from March. It rose right up to near its all-time high, closer mm. to a lot of other stocks. So it shows a bit of strength. And most of that, I think, was on speculation for getting it getting a lot of contracts from the government for infrastructure and everything else. That would be my guess. Yeah. Look, I mean, it rebounded because it's mm. a defensive type stock. Mm. Mm. Often in, in um, tough times, it will actually do well. And look at how it's trended over time. But it does spend a lot of time going sideways. Yep. So it's still a trading stock. You know, look at the periods here through. If we go right mm -hmm. back in history, we can see all of this sideways. After Actually, what's interesting here is in the big correction that occurred after the tech wreck, yep. when the tech wreck was going on, 2000, January 2000, it pulled back really strongly. It did nothing for years. Mm. So it could go sideways for three or four years before it then takes off again. Same thing here. We had a couple of years sideways into the GFC. Again, we've had the sideways consolidation here from August 16 all the way through there. So, you know, if you were just hanging mm. on to it as a buy and hold, it's probably not going to do a lot for a certain period of time and all of a sudden it takes off. So you've got to be in at the right time. So the question, I guess, is, you know, is the right time now? And at the moment, direction's down on that monthly chart, even though it is sideways, shorter term. So right now, even though it's been pushing up, I would just be waiting if, you, if, you hold the, if you're already holding the stock. Um, you just it's wait. Sort of, to me, it's sort of, if you're looking at the momentum of the stock, it's sort mm. of really come back. It overshot its normal momentum through here and it's just sort of come back to what's normal for this stock so but yep. right now we're not it's not telling us it's going up it's not telling us it's going down at there's no clear it? direction because all no. of the rise literally occurred within mm. that period there that, that mm. was um the, in or in april yeah. so it actually rose really quickly mm. but you know so it, it can go down for three or four months so we don't know yet whether this month is the only down month okay so what should ben do buy hold or sell i or, would say wait or just call janine <laughs> okay, cool. Make your own decision, I'd <laughs> make, say. <laughs> make your own decision. Good question, good yeah. stock, Ben. So thank you very much for the question. So it's up to you now. Okay, we have a question from Kevin. Uh, this is an email question. Hi, Dale and Janine. Love the show. I'm new to the market. and I'm currently re reading Dale's book for the second time. My question is, I am looking to buy South32. S32 is the code, but it looks very erratic and hard to gauge a trend line with my limited knowledge. Hoping to get your thoughts. Keep up the good work. Cheers, Kevin. Now, it seems that um, you're not the only one looking at this stock at the moment, so I'm going to we're going to continue with a second question um, to, to assist you both, and Dale's going to talk about that one. Oh, okay, cool. Oh, you give me the second one, but the it's next one's one. from David. So. I gave you the big one. <laughs> okay. uh, again, it's on S32. He says, hi, Dale and Janine. I'm a self-funder retiree and like many others, have come back to the sham market due to miserable returns from fixed-term bank investments. My previous ventures into the market 2012 to 2017 had varying degrees of success, but the overall result was below the market average. Having watched your show since early April, bought Dale's book as well as undertaking the short course in share trading um, sitting module three exam shortly um, i've started trading again with renewed confidence fantastic um, he said i'm looking at adding south 32 to my portfolio the stock appears to have been in a medium term downtrend since october 2018 i've attached a screenshot of my chart which i believe shows the trend may be reversing my plan is to buy if next week closes above the downtrend line um, on the attached attach snip. I'm not sure what he means by that. Present yield is about 4%, 100% franked for growth forecast for 2021 and 2022. Cheers, David. He was actually talking about the chart that he sent in, which we're actually not going to show in this No, but I did have a look at his chart. And yep. David, you need to talk to the support team to get them to have a look at your trend <laughs> lines because I can see two bad trend lines on your chart. So you do need to talk to your support team and say, can you have a look at my trend lines for me on this stock? And they'll tidy you up a little bit. But other than that, I had, it was really good work on his chart. Bad trend lines or trend lines that are just not 100%? Well, uh, I won't call them boomerang trend lines. You're pretty black and white, are you? Uh, they're, they're not trend lines. <laughs> yeah, no, he's, I'm he's pretty, pretty tough on that because we have a lot of people have debated this over the years. Yeah, they're not trend lines. So, yeah. um, okay. But very good work on the chart, though. He, he laid it out perfectly and it got great work on it. So okay. I understand how he's got much better confidence in the market now. Mm. We just need to fine-tune a few things for him before he moves trend into... Trend lines are one of the toughest techniques anyway to mm. learn. And that's mm. why you really need that structured learning and you need someone to assist you as you're working through and just to confirm. And that's why that's why I've always been a big advocate for the, the diploma, mm. because or even the short course, because they're actually tested at the end of it yeah. to know that they know it. So 
once you work through all of that, you know, and get the oh, feedback. It's really important. Ninety-nine percent of people they tell me they can do trend lines. They, they I go, what's how do you draw a trend line? And they just go squash everything up and put a line across everything. <laughs> That's not a trend line. <laughs> okay then. But let's so, bring up the chart anyway. Yeah. So did you want to talk about it first? No, you can. Oh, okay. Ladies, Ladies first. first. Um, S32. You can see there the monthly mm. chart. It's it actually um, was demerged out of um, BHP. So it, it um, I actually a little tip when um, some of the traders are looking at this stock, I actually look at the BHP chart to see where it is, but you'll note that it's different. It's very different to BHP. It's it's really moved out of it sync is. with it. And looking at that trend on the monthly chart, long-term downtrend right now, but the shorter-term picture is looking different, isn't it? Oh, much different, but it's 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 being, it's a nice little steady little move up and it's, it is a little bit volatile um, and it is moving up slowly so we're getting higher peaks, higher troughs so it is moving quite up. Obviously this last bar here that you can see, that's just yesterday and today. So it moved up yesterday and obviously back today but you'd like to see it. But if it gets through that high Will, will that confirm the trend line that they're talking, downtrend line entry that they're talking about, is it? Well, no, He, the, David's actually saying there's a downtrend line through here and, and it's not really so, um, and that's really what I'm saying, he needs to work yeah. with the team okay. to get that right. But right now at the moment we've seen, you know, there's the low there back in March. So we've got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, So you 16, want it to trade through bars. that high just... Yeah. yeah, I'm not going to get too excited until it gets through that 235 high. But mm. if it gets through that, I think there's probably more, more, a lot more upside on that one. But mm. only time will tell. And isn't look how it? much it's corrected too. Mm. I mean, you know, for buy and holders, this is a real sad story. It's a classic mm. example of why you don't buy and hold because it got yeah. to a high of 4420 and now it's trading at half that. Yeah. Mm. Mm. But a good question anyway. But thanks, guys, for the question. The next question we have is from somebody called Prashan, um, and I think we've shortened his surname to make it easy for Dale. Um, hi, Dale and Janine. I know we've shortened his email, haven't we? That's what it is. Um, <laughs> but first of all, I've been learning a lot through your weekly videos and stock analysis, so thank you for all the hard work you and your team put in. So thank you very much for mentioning that. Uh, in summary, my main question is how do I stop being over-diversified and decide which stocks to sell. He goes on to say, I'm very new to investing since I only started investing in the share market in March, shortly after it crashed due to COVID-19. I've learned a lot of important lessons over the past few months, and one of them is I'm heavily over-diversified. Uh, when I first started investing, I guess I was influenced by all the hype and bought a lot of stocks that I thought were at cheap price. Now I've got a portfolio of, wow, 32 different mm. companies, um, ranging from blue chip stocks to very speculative stocks. That's a lot of stocks, 32, mm. isn't it? Um, most of the stocks in my portfolio have performed relatively well, but I know this won't be sustainable or safe, and that I should cut down to around 8 to 15 shares. How do you think I should approach this and decide which stocks to sell? Should I play it safe and sell my speculative stocks and keep my blue chip shares can you also give your thoughts on MBX or AT1, please, if you get a chance? I haven't even finished the question yet. Once again, thank you for the awesome content. Cheers, King. Oh, do you he's, need a king. Drink? he's calling you the King. Do you need Prashant. a drink now? I do. I think I need to have a sleep. <laughs> okay, now, wow. I mean, that's a huge 32 question. 32 stocks since yeah, March. Yeah, look, we, we were quite um, you know, familiar with those big, big portfolios, mm. 30 to 40 stocks. We got we used to get a few questions, people coming in when they were wanting to transfer stocks into mm. direct equity. Mm. And we'd often see those big portfolios that people either just went a little bit crazy, you know, mm. taking up recommendations <laughs> on broker reports or they had someone actually managing it for them and, and the person didn't have a proper portfolio construction mm. theory according to the way that we do yes. things. And so they'd have this higgledy-piggledy portfolio with lots of different stocks, all different weightings mm. and even right down to a few thousand dollars into the, some of these speculative stocks. Now, I know what you're going to say. You probably look at the bottom end first and see the ones that have hardly any investment in them and say, look, just throw those out because the chances that they're going to influence the overall portfolio gains are very small. Yeah. Mm. Well, I mean, the assumption is with 32 stocks, he doesn't have an even portfolio waiting in them because we saw that on a question last week, didn't we? Or there was a week before. Yeah. And that's what we generally see with a portfolio. They just they might put a little bit less in a, in a, a speculative stock and more in a blue chip stock mm. but that's part of it so looking at stocks that are before below your stop loss so stocks in your loss so therefore you'd cull that but it's going to be a gradual and, and what I say is it'll be a gradual cleaning up you don't 
compound one mistake by making more mistakes and you know you, you just got caught up in the, that you whole euphoria about that fear of missing out on buying trying to buy cheap stocks in inverted commas that weren't necessarily cheap so um, and it's going to take you a little while to clean up that but as long as you're cleaning up and set some rules around it then I'm happy with whatever he's doing it's mm. like you know get and it's not just about getting rid of the lower cap or the more speculative stocks and keeping the blue Didn't you chips call it dead wood? Well, yeah, I call it dead wood because it's like it's harder to manage 32 stocks anyway, and yeah. you don't need to have that many. So if those small speculative stocks are rising, why would you just exit them? Just put a stop loss underneath them and just a trailing stop loss of some sort and then manage your way out of them. If they're stocks that have already triggered a stop loss and you're losing on, you would probably just get rid of them and clean those up. But again, it's really having a proper purpose for your portfolio and I think. Well, we, we'd also look at the stocks mm. in the portfolio that mm. potentially might be really good quality stocks yes. and look at the charts and determine whether we think there's sufficient upside and if there is then look at the weightings of those holdings. Yeah. Um, once you've decided how many stocks you're going to have in the portfolio because that determines the mm. weightings of all holdings in the portfolio really. Yeah I'd also suggest um, to go back and watch one of the videos we talked a bit about portfolio construction because from the sounds of it you didn't have a goal in mind or a structural purpose in mind for your portfolio you just bought whatever you could find that seemed to be good at the particular time and you just kept adding to it like a kid with a lolly shop putting more lollies in their bag uh, and going over the over this uh, over the you know over the limit basically so was that you was it no that was me um so just pull it back just as i said write it down what your goals are if you haven't read my book grab my book um that'll help you tidy all up and give you some rules around tidying them all up but great question mate really mm, good question really good question I can't wait to see how he sorted it all out and writes to us down the track to tell us yeah, how he's cleaned it up. Absolutely. All right, we now have a question from John. Hi Dale and Janine, I hope that you are both well during these times. I have a question for you both and one of your viewers may be interested to hear this. I have read your book Accelerate Your Wealth and currently educating myself with your trading mentor course. Oh, good on you. Which I'm enjoying. Uh, my question is though on CSL, was the CSL stock about to make a new uptrend to break the $300 barrier again last Tuesday, 21st of July? Opened at 282, closed at 293 until my hopes were dashed by a sell off the next day, Wednesday the 22nd, that brought the stock back down to 282, wiping out the gains. Oh, it's just a bit upsetting, isn't it, when you see that happen? Is this because of an influx of uneducated traders selling off their on one day profits? Is this type of trading common at the moment, or is it the uneducated trying to make quick profits and panic selling? I've noticed. During my research the last few weeks, that stocks are up and down like a Coca-Cola yo-yo. Cool, Did I you ever have that. one of those? I had several yeah. of those. Well, the dark rates. ones as well. Are there um, too many people in the market at the moment that don't know what they are doing and should just take a breather? Oh, good. That'd be a good lesson. Should they just let some of these stocks like CSL do their thing? Your thoughts, please, guys. Thank you. Kind regards, John. Good question. Yeah, well, look, there is this tug of war. Uh, there's there's the short sellers just overzealous trying to um, take a position and get that opportunity if the, if the stocks or market does fall. And then there are people trying to buy in cheap. And there's mm. a lot of people who don't know what they're doing. So a lot of what he said is actually quite smart. Yeah, I think there are mm. people buying, trying to buy CSL because it's a great stock. Mm. Um, and trying to buy in cheap, but most of those people, the retail investors that he's talking about, yeah. the uneducated ones, they're not in a CSL because in their mind it's too expensive for them. Mm. It's overpriced, you know, because oh, it's three hundred dollars. Yeah, it's a huge price. So they're trying to buy three cent mm. stuff or thirty cent stuff or a dollar stuff because they yeah. think it's cheap. Like the previous email was saying, it's I want to buy a cheap stock, mm. and so they're they're referencing it on a cheap price. And I'm seeing that a lot. And a lot of the new people in the marketplace or the new retail investors in the marketplace according to the ASIC survey and other ones that we're seeing from brokers is they're all new accounts. They're mm. all new retailer traders and they're all trading in uh, that sort of small cap, mid cap sector, which we're going to talk about later. Which yeah, is so exciting. what you're saying is it's probably not them that are no. doing that to this stock. No. But it's, I think it's a lot of short sellers coming in. Yeah. But I also think it's people sitting there who may have been in the market for a while but mm -hmm. don't really know what they're doing. And they're just seeing the stock price fall below a certain level and saying, I'll buy it. So that causes the price to jump up a bit. Mm. And then the short sellers come back in and then they sell it down. And people who are going to sell it anyway sell it off and it's mm. causing it to continue to fall away. So right now, mm. my take on CSL further falls. 
That's it's my a take. decline. It's in yeah. a decline. So if you're not in CSL, I'd be staying out of it. If you mm. are in CSL, um, then I'd be making sure I've got my stop losses on all that. But right now, it's not showing me any excitement. That said, it's a great stock. Mm. Um, but long term, it's a great stock. But wait to good buy for the watch it. list. It's good mm. for the watch list. So cool. I think it's next to you, isn't it? All right. Uh, remember to hit that subscribe button. You know where it is, and like the video. Also, remember to share the video of tonight's show on your social media with your friends and colleagues so the show can grow and to help more people. Is it is it an ego thing to like your own video and share it? <laughs> you didn't, did you? I do that all the time. <laughs> I don't know, is oh, it? Anyway. Okay. <laughs> Somebody's got to love him. Um, oh, now my it's mother time, does. Yep. Now it's time to get into the topic for tonight, which is will investing in small cap stocks deliver superior returns? The COVID-19 meltdown in the stock market together with the lockdown restrictions has resulted in a significant number of retail investors trading small cap stocks in 2020, with many expecting to make huge profits, and some have. Mm. History shows that the small cap sector attracts new investors like moths to the flame, which is particularly true just prior to the market busting. So is this the same or this is a safe way to invest or should you be looking to take lower risk with investing in small cap stocks? Hmm, big questions there. Tonight we'll discuss a number of areas that will increase your understanding of small cap stocks and how to profit when trading them. We'll also share our tips on small cap stocks that are of interest as well as those that you should avoid. Now. Very good, very good. Um, really there's probably the first bit we need to, to move on to is is getting looking at what those sectors are, what, what everything is in terms of um, what small caps are, what mid caps are, and what the indexes are, and everything else. So, because you may ask, uh, but you may ask why we're all sharing all this with you. And uh, to me, there's been truckload, as I was saying, a truckload of new accounts opening and, you know, the market got really did get caught out. I mean, I know with E-Trade reported last week in the US and they had in the last quarter, I think it was 327 new accounts open in the last um, quarter and normally they get 34. And it's the same thing in Australia, as, you know, looking at NAB was opening much more accounts and everything else. But the smart money is exiting into the rise. And some fund managers say that there's more retail accounts opening and going, and they're going into micro caps and small caps, and these fund managers who have held these small cap stocks for a while, and they're exiting into that. So you're getting small cap fund managers, and what they do is have, they bought them a long time ago, and so what they're actually doing is selling into the rise of the retail investors. So, so tonight's show is about small cap stocks, and uh, we know small cap stocks are generally more volatile as they can rise and fall faster. And for that reason, they're attractive to retail investors who believe that they can go from zero to hero really, really quickly. Uh, and it's like what we mentioned in our show last week, it is the herd mentality we are seeing, and the industry are calling this a bubble. So there's a bubble just within this section. So let's move on to explaining what a small cap is. And so let's bring all that up and we'll talk a bit about what a small cap stock is. Now the ASX has several industries that help define small cap stocks, which is the small cap or small ordinaries index has those is. And the small ordinaries index comprised of companies listed on the ASX that ranked outside of the ASX S&P 100 and within the ASX S&P 300 and it comprises 200 stocks. Now on the S&P website, it also states that currently the minimum market cap for anything in that sector is approximately 109 million and the maximum 5.8 million with the median market cap around $870 million. Now, you calculate the market capitalization of a stock by multiplying its current share price by the number of shares in the company. So how many shares are in the company and multiply it by the share price. Now the problem is that mm -hmm. some of the definitions about small caps become confusing because mm -hmm. different people are saying different things. So some of them look at small caps and they're talking about small caps online and they're really actually micro caps. They're actually talking, actually talking about micro caps, yeah, yeah. According to the definition. Mm. Uh, so, and it's, I think that's what makes it so hard for investors to work out what they're doing. And this is why I think a lot of people end up investing right at the bottom end. Mm. So that small cap index, it's almost like that mm. they've just tried to fill a gap in the where the indices fit because you've got your, your ASX 100, you've got your indices within the ASX 100, so your 20, your 50, you've got your mid-cap 50, and then you've got your ASX 100. And outside of that, you've got the 200. So, mm. you know, what's between the, the 100 and the 300? Well, let's call it the small cap index, which... Mm. 
you know, to you and I is kind of strange because you're looking at a lot of big stocks and a couple of, we're going to show a couple of stocks that we think are mm. good quality stocks that are not necessarily small cap according to us. But you're right, a lot of people don't, they start, they just go on to, they watch YouTube videos and I'm still trying to understand why people watch YouTube videos of people in t-shirts giving them stock recommendations mm. but they get excited about this is a small cap or what's the best small cap or what's the best micro cap or what's the best tech stock to buy and they don't really understand the index and how the market works and it really is, you need to understand why, what and how and so people just go to what and forget about the why and the how mm. and this is where a lot of retail investors are making issues there because there really is something wrong with the definition for those small cap um, stocks and small yeah. cap sectors because you know you've got Harvey Norman Appen and some you know are in the small cap stocks so mm -hmm. you know and some managers for suggesting that small caps cut off should is around two hundred and fifty million dollars, but anything yeah, less but is other, a micro. Other cap. managers have a different definition, yeah. so that's where it becomes confusing, isn't it? And then mm. you look at the index, mm. and the index says it's about a hundred million. Correct, and the small mm. ordinaries is indexes often used as a benchmark for small cap stocks. Yeah. So you know because they they like that for their performance, and you know as we said earlier, it contains stocks within with a market cap down to one hundred and nine million dollars, and that's mm. not a lot really. So, but the challenge is is earnings ratios get really way out in some of these stocks with multiples just going through the roof or multiples of their earnings per share and everything. But you'd expect have... that though on, on, on micro cap stocks because often mm. a lot of them are new to the market, they're in that huge growth phase mm. and so therefore they're, they're often their debt's quite high, their yes. PEs are often quite high because their earnings are not there yet. Yeah, but that means they're overvalued mm. because they're running on speculation and retail investors are absolutely known for taking things way above what their yeah. value is. Where the professionals start getting out knowing that the retail investors are going to take it too high yep. and then the fund managers, as we said a minute ago, will start selling into that demand and that's what we're doing. But so now, look... Microcats we're going to talk a tiny little bit about tonight, but we're not going to go into microcats very off right mm. in depth right now because it's not the subject of tonight's show, but we might do it on another show. Um, but there is an emerging companies index that has microcap stocks in it, and it has up to 200 securities, and the median market cap for a microcap is that $154.84 million. Um, dollars, um, but we will talk about that in the future. Because, but it's probably too much to talk about it tonight. But let's bring up some charts yeah. and show people what we're talking about. So first, let's look at the small mm. ordinaries index. And I think the important point is not to focus on the particular stocks. Mm -hmm. It's important to look at the the um, the chart of what's happening in the broader sense. So we're going to have a look at what happened around the GFC, the tech wreck, yeah. so, and, and since then, or yeah. since before the GFC, the after the GFC and everything. So we're going to have, and then we'll compare that to what's happening now, yeah? Yeah, and I think we should just cool. stick with the monthly chart, hmm? particularly. Yeah. So let's just have a look then. If we just if we just look at what happened with the gains on this index, because this index, they often talk about the small cap sector as being so this is the, the one that's a index, growth, yeah? growth index, yep. right? Well, this is yeah. an area where people can find a lot of growth in stocks, but the problem is because it's such a huge mm. grouping of stocks. Correct. And one of the things that I talk about is that in the in the um, top end of the market, because our financials are so top heavy, you know, our market's top heavy with financials. Mm. Often, if if a particular sector of the market, like financials, is not doing well, then the whole market can look like it's it's lagging. But in the but in the small cap index, are you getting more weighting to a specific um, gigs category? Well, look, I haven't well, broken no. it down to that sort of level. Because, or is that a swear word for you? No, because to me, it's like it's pre pretty much mm. all the stocks outside the 100 to the mm. 300 that fit yeah, their, like their definition. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's a lot there. So because yeah. it's such a huge market cap, up to you know, you said 5.8 was it 5.8 billion mm. down to 100 million? How can you compare that? Well, you know, I know. I mean, you've even got companies on the ASX that like have floated and they're worth five million dollars. Mm. Like, it's not even worth floating for that. But, no. You know, so, so look, mm. just what we wanted to talk about tonight mm. was just looking at the chart here again. Mm. You can see that there's been a two hundred percent increase um, from the the low prior to the GFC, the build up mm. to the GFC. So from the two thousand and three low all the way to that high. Yeah. And what what they often say is that the um, mm -hmm. the small cap end of the market often end up being sort of the last. Um, to do well, yes. and then the people are, are getting out of them last. So the, the, they'll be looking, when the market's about yeah. to turn and it's more dangerous, a lot of um, mm. industry people who know what's going on, the wise end of the market, have already started exiting yeah, some well, of the stocks. Yeah, well, the managers, they've already bought the shares, um, all these stocks, and they're, they're, gonna, they're selling into the demand right now. Yeah. Right, that's what we're talking about, yeah? Yeah, that's With right. With a lot of these ones, so yeah. So, so, so looking at yeah. this, though, you know, you can see that the high in this... Um, 
in the small ordinaries index yeah. occurred in November 2007. And literally, like it's it's moved up the last couple of months, but mm. literally the last how many years has it been sideways? And people are trying to trade that, so investors well, are buying. I guess they want to buy into it. Yeah? yeah. I guess one of the things that we want to show them is that one, it's not that much mm. different from the broader market yes. when you're looking at the movements, and you've got such a huge range. So when mm. when the industry are talking about this sector, have a bit of scepticism when you're listening to what they're saying. Yeah. And then you're right when you're looking at the chart to the right hand side, it's showing that it hasn't gone anywhere. And what I was mm. talking about before with the financials being the heavyweight in the sector, mm. the reason that you've seen some stocks in the small end of the market do so well and it's not showing up on this chart is because yeah. you've got those other stocks which are holding it back. So that's why the small ordinaries is looking like it is. It's not looking hugely bullish, whereas we've seen that the, the, the top 100 mm. and the, the top 20 and all the other indices push through all-time highs, GFC highs. So you're saying the big end of town are pushing, are ramping these stocks or pushing them or... There's just a such a get, mixture of, of yeah. stocks in this mm. in this group that it's really hard to tell is what I'm saying. So there's a okay. there's a weighting of stocks that haven't performed in the same way and they haven't okay. caught up to where cool. things were in the GFC. Right, well, let's move on and mm. we'll see and we'll, we'll keep moving because I know we've got a couple well, more we've charts. Got a, we've got to look okay. at this one as well, which is the, yeah. which is our overall so what, market. So what do investors look at when they're making a decision? You know, often. Um, they just look at what someone's, you know, writing about. You know, you're talking about that is about the index. So they're just writing about a stock, whether it's in a in a magazine or a, or a, on a mm. TV show or something like that. So you know, what do investors need to look at? Well, I think what they need to look what you need to look for are stocks that are actually have got good cash flow mm -hmm. and good earnings per share. And we're mm -hmm. looking um, two years out. So looking one year is fine, but it's only you've got to be. Con you know, it's apples with apples, so that's mm. shorter term. But it's really important to look medium term at what their earnings are. The two-year average is often really important. Mm -hmm. um, also look at what their debt um, levels are. So don't bother to, to try to pick... Um, the next business. <laughs> Sorry, that was the tea lady. <laughs> the um, don't bother to try to pick the next best um, small cap um, stock without having looked at a chart, really, mm. or their debt situation. We need because to Because if that. their debt's huge, I mean, generally the industry look for stocks that have mm. got around 30% debt to equity yeah. as big stocks. But if they're uh, more on a growth phase, they might allow that to go out to somewhere between 40 and 60%. But the more they get mm. out towards that 50, 60% mark, the debt levels, the more mm. likely they're, to, they're exposed to big sell-offs yeah. when there's disappointments, much yeah, yeah, bigger. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we'll be mindful of avoiding stocks in that area to reduce your risk. And also... I'd suggest that people don't go to the bottom end. Like even the small cap area, yeah. I'd stay towards the top end of that. So that within right? that 200, you and I always talked about yeah. that we should have an index that's the top 150 because, <laughs> you know, it's not just the 100 on the market that you want to look yeah. at. It's the 150, really. Well, outside the 150, the volumes and liquidity get really, really thin. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what, I mean, basically before we move on, that's what we're talking about is, you know, what to do when buying small tech cap stocks and we've got a few more tips as we move on anyway so let's move on um, with what we're doing now and have you got a, you've got some more haven't you um, no that's all I've got at the moment because we're just going to talk about a few more points okay. about um, so that I mean I guess if they want to have the best chance of protecting themselves and making yeah. a profit what are the things that you would rank highly on the list for, for them uh, look you know to me when you're looking at what they're going to be doing in terms of uh, or what you need to know if you're going to trade small cap stocks, you know, it's, we know you're going to trade them at yeah. some stage. We really do know that everybody's going to try and trade them at some stage. Some of you will try and trade microcats, biotech stocks, all those sorts of things, and we know that. But always check the liquidity of a stock. Number one priority. Uh, in my book, never look at stocks that trade in a value that equals less than, let's say, $3 million traded per week. So multiply the amount of shares traded by the share price, and if it doesn't come up to $3 million, Probably look the other way, um, and this is for individual investors. Avoid any stock that has less than 12 months data history. And I know how tempted you are to buy floats and look at the things saying this is da 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 and buying floats, but more data you get, the better. And this is where Janine and I, we don't play in the dangerous area. And this is where people say to us, well, hey, you're missing out. Well, no, we're not missing out if we don't play in it. All it's about risk for us. Mm. And it always is about risk for us. If a stock's just floating on the market, there's all you're seeing is a prospectus. 
and that's a book of lies in my book. Yeah, mm -hmm. where it's written by marketing departments to get you to buy into the float. So unless it's got 12 years of data when people are willing to pay money for a stock um, backwards and forwards. 12 months. To that 12 months of data, then we're not going to buy that. So have you got some other tips for people? Yeah, look, I'd say um, never buy without looking at the chart. So the big mm. thing we always talk about is direction. So if you're looking at a stock, don't try to catch a falling knife when a, st when a stock's <laughs> coming back just because somebody's talked about some good news story about the stock. And the most important thing is don't take tips, tips. from forums. Mm. So look up the fundamentals of the company, see what it looks like and look at the chart and that will balance out your approach. Yeah. And as Janine said, always, always, always review the company fundamentals. You know, liquidity, profitability, debt levels, make sure it's making money. You know, that's really what you need to do. These stocks are, as we said, traded more by retail investors or day traders and are pushed up to levels way above their real value with PE ratios many, many, many times what would be considered fair value for it and um, you know we they are considered higher groceries yes we know that but they also do carry much higher risk as information can be a little bit more based on what they aim to achieve not what they're actually achieving so that's why we talk about buying inf uh, confirmation not speculation yeah and we don't like to give tips right no. because if we give you tips um, and talk about stocks that um, we, we think are good and sometimes we do that because we talk mm. every now and again we have a, a discussion on the top 20 stocks or top 10 stocks that we like but right now in this forum particularly when we're talking about the smaller end of the market we tend not to do this we'll talk about something more from can the I point of view that? of interest can yeah, i explain do why explain we that. don't give tips mm. the reason why we don't give tips is because jenny and i are mentors and if you look up the definition of a mentor i'm sure you're going to see a mentor empowers you where somebody who's not a mentor disempowers you and giving you a tip telling you what to buy and sell is disempowering to yep. you because you don't understand what you're doing and therefore if something changes you start to panic and you get nervous because you don't know what you're doing as as mentors janine and i constantly challenge our students to be the level where we know that they can be at and that's the job of a real mentor is to is to work with you support you but push you to get to where you need to go and empower you to be better uh, and that's really why we don't do this because us just saying buy this or buy that or get out of that doesn't help you at all all it does is feed you gives you a fish for today but it doesn't teach you how to fish and that's what we're about but let's move on all right now let's get into some more emails but before we do remember your job is to hit that subscribe button now come on everybody give us the big Button and what should I say? Thumbs up. Click the thumbs up. Yep. Big thumb up. Click I was excited like about the topic. That was a really good one. <laughs> I really like that one. If you want more, just email Janine and give her a hard time. But this is a question from <laughs> Rose who says, Hi guys, just stumbled across your podcast and I love it. I wish I found you earlier, but it's never too late. You're absolutely correct, Rose. I've recommended you guys to a friend of mine um, to also get on your podcast. Thank you very much for that. Um, I'd like to know what you think of EXL or Elixinol Global. I'm holding this stock and not sure what to do with it, sell or hold. I have only a small parcel, 11 thousand uh, shares at 30 cents I can't stand to see uh, if they're just or do nothing would really appreciate your advice thanks Rose good question Rose did you get tongue-tied then I did you lost like, it didn't you yeah <laughs> I, sometimes bring up the stock for Rose will you stock's already there. Oh, already is there okay we'll start talking about it then okay yeah I just love it when he gets caught out isn't that funny have a bit of a laugh with I'm gonna you. get a swear jar for you <laughs> <laughs> you I'm you won't catch me that else. often. Okay. Although one of the clients did on the phone recently and told yeah. me, told me off. Okay, so Elixirinol Global is the stock, and you can see they're on the monthly chart, huge decline. Um, Massive. I'm, I'm actually really feeling sad for Rose right now. Although yeah. it might be sticking its head up. If you can just enlarge it, so we can see that tiny little bar down the yeah, bottom there. It's actually moved up now. It doesn't have to move much at this point to to make some gains, but. I guess it comes back to your point. We were talking about those the weightings in that mm. gentleman's portfolio before where he had some small stocks, not necessarily to throw them out, but just set a stop loss underneath it. Well, and Rose bought in at 30 cents. That's yep. what she said, yeah? Yep. Yep, and it's now down at 17 and it's up. So yep. therefore it would have 
blown through all our stop losses. Stop loss. mm. From that point of view, and this is what happens: people see something, and I'm not sure why Rose bought the stock, and she hasn't really told us. But that's okay, Rose. Um, it's about learning from this experience in terms of, yeah, you probably made a mistake in buying it. It's not the stock you should be in if you're not understanding. This is a very volatile stock, and you really do need to know what you're doing. So, but right now it's moved up a little bit. But I would just have a stop loss. I wouldn't bank on getting my money back out of it right now. But if it keeps rising, stay with it. And if it turns away, turns start turning down, I'd probably get out of that. Yeah, and so I agree with the you. Lesson. Mm. And look at this, like mm. looking at the chart here, you can see where it took off. I just want mm. to mention this quickly because it's a lesson. In April 2020, the stock then mm. took off through that high and that would have triggered a, quite a, a few people, people into that then when it did that. And then it reversed mm. with COVID, um, but it was a late pullback because that's May when it's mm. pulling back. And so what's happening here is it probably reports came out in May, so 29th of May, weekending 29th of May, people started to buy back into it thinking it's cheap, some news, good news came out about it and then bang, the, whoever needed to get out of it oh. got out. Mm. And to me, this is this sort of comes into our main topic too and, and a lot of people, these smaller cap stocks and the micro cap stocks, these are avoid. they are manipulated. Mm. There's no two ways about it. They are manipulated by the big shareholders and that they put out news, they do all sorts of things. Mm. They might have people in chat forums trying to ramp them, do stuff, because they can make good money quickly because they know people that are largely uneducated trying to get in and make a lot of money yeah. because if it goes up 100% in a week and there's more volume coming through it, there's going to be a lot of people buying into it, which is what that blue bar mm. is. There's, they've tricked a whole lot of people to get into it and then they've just sold into it. And mm. they might have put in $2 million into it and then sold that and made $2.5 million. So they made yeah. half a million dollars profit in a few days mm. by doing that sort of stuff. And this is where you really do need to know what you're doing. Yeah, predators but, out there. Yeah, mm. absolutely. But I think we've got another email, haven't we? We definitely do. Mm. Okay, the next email is from Jake. Hi, Dale and Janine. I have read Dale's book and have recommended them to friends as I found them so helpful. Could you please give me your view on Mount Gibson Iron MGX? It looks to be trending up nicely and should give a good report in August with iron ore prices going well. They seem to have a large volume of cash in the bank, nearly half of its market cap and a pay pay a good dividend, frank dividend. It seems Janine is the mining stock queen, she so is. I'm sure she'll give a good summary. Thanks, Jake. And I just haven't, I didn't, um, actually planned this. I just It just happened in the order of things. Just, just did? I just thought you paid him to do that. <laughs> no, <laughs> Janine's, the, not. Janine's the banking queen and, and BHP and Rio, they're the two uh, major ones. Yeah, look, yeah. I actually do like, really do like this stock. So mm. it's, as you can see, like it, it actually had a stellar gain and was possible to make some really great money on this. At mm. different times, it can be fantastic. Mm. But it is one of those smaller companies. I yeah. Okay, so that's the challenge with it. Right now, it's trading sideways. So I wouldn't be, if you're holding it, if you're in the stock, well then I'd suggest, you know, have a stop loss on it and continue to hold it. Mm. It may push up above this, but this is a holding pattern right yes. now. And as it gets to an apex, it means that the buyers and sellers are reaching equilibrium because you can see that if, you know, I draw a line underneath the bottom and the top, it's coming into the middle. So it may break either way. And that's the real challenge when a stock's trading sideways like this, which way is it going to break? And even if it does break up, mm. sometimes it can be a false break. So I'd actually, I would even consider it until it got above that high. Just get your hands off that. Okay, I'm touching anything. Um, the 79. Make sure you qualify. I had my hand on the mouse. It's COVID. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. Okay, I'll so take the high... my glasses off, man. I won't be able to see anything. <laughs> the high there is 79 cents. I'm actually using the mouse pad, guys, so don't worry. He's got his own mouse. <laughs> oh, is that what it is? You don't want boy germs. Is that what it is? <laughs> Uh, okay, so 79 cents is the high there. So once it goes through there, it could get as high as 90 cents in the short term. But also always be thinking of the downside as well. And a pullback through that low, you know, means it's got further to go on the decline. But at the moment, it's holding, so it's okay. I'm offended. I sanitised before I came in here. Yeah? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Let's get on to the next email. This one is from Chris, who says, Hey, Dale and Janine. They're all putting Dale and Janine on it this week, which is really good. Love the, love the show. You guys are great. Janine's brilliant. I'm just great. Thank you in advance. Been watching Coles Group the last few months while this pandemic has been unfolding. And Coles Group seems to be moving upwards fairly strongly uh, with a couple of weeks down the last two weeks. It's moved 
down off a new high, with predictions of stocks move, looking to move down in the coming weeks or months, do you believe? This would apply to a company like Coles. Even though spending may reduce, groceries need to be bought and alcohol consumption, yes, in my house it is, um, seems to be rising. So uh, they have an AGM soon and the 18th, they will release their full year results. Should I hang on till then to see what uh, they release? Thanks, Chris. Good question, isn't mm, it? Very good very, question. Very, very good question. Okay. Um, don't, well, probably my first question I answered is more generic is don't assume what, I find a lot of people go, this is what they expect. Mm. This is going to happen because it's in a certain industry or whatever else. But mm. if what I understand, if you're saying it, then the big inner town already thought about it six months ago and yeah. they've already done their buying and whatever else. And then they'll be selling into you thinking about it or the, the, the retail investors And they'll be writing, this is a defensive and stock. They'll be, yeah, it's <laughs> in the market meltdown, this is a defensive stock, so you should be moving into this and they'll sell into that demand mm. and that's really what we're talking a little bit about here. But let's have a look at the, the actual stock code. Look, um, I guess, um, you know, when we talked about this some time ago, mm -hmm. We were uncertain about which we way were. it was going to go and it could have gone to the downside and because we were quite cautious, we, mm -hmm. we said it could go either way. Now, it's actually gone up. So mm -hmm. in essence, you know, we didn't pick it. That's the thing. It's kept going. It's made a new all-time high. Short term, I think it's more likely to fall I for like a couple it. of weeks. Like she's mm -hmm. saying, do you think this stock could fall for a couple mm -hmm. of weeks? Well, it's actually risen so strongly. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Um, you don't have a lot of history, don't. right? So it's not easy to see whether it's it's repeating a pattern of the past. But so far in its history, it's never gone up that hard that fast. Um, you know, it'll, yeah, you're, what mm. you're saying is it'll come back to its probably normal momentum, yeah, whatever then, that and is then for this stock and could go back up again. Yeah, but it's no reason to exit it right now. No. And it may not fall away with the rest of the market if the, well, if there's indeed no the rule rest to of the market. Exit right when, I suppose the, the, the question is then is just because we or an expert might say that the market's going to fall doesn't mean all 500 stocks on the ASX is going to fall. All we're saying is the market's going to fall. The market is the sum of all of the 500 stocks in it when we're talking about the ASX. But I can guarantee within that, it's you're going to find plenty of stocks that are rising in that. And, and I know, like in the, t uh, I know when I did this research back in the early 2000s, and we had them meltdown on the fall back into about, I think it was March 2003, mm. and I did a whole study on the top 100 stocks, and I found at least a third of them were rising in that time. Yeah while the rest of them are falling. So if you've got the banks and BHP and Rio and a couple of the other financial companies falling, it's going to pull the market down. Mm. But what's rising, and that's the job of the analyst, and that's what Janine and I do, is to find stocks that are rising. And, and you don't assume all stocks will fall just because the market is. Yeah, um, and it can be more challenging mm. in these times. Like coal, um, COL, Coles Group like has it. actually done well. I like it. Looks good. And, you know, I think it could continue to go up over the medium term, but we just need to see it pull back first. Yeah, you can tell I'm in a good mm. mood because Geelong won last night. <laughs> go Cats. What's that um, got to do with things? we got another question. Okay, we do have another question. Next question we have is from... Zach Sion, um, who, who has a few aliases, so that's very nice. Hi Dale, thank you for your well, weekly show. It's very important for us. In 2019, I bought 280k of CLI Crop Logic at 70 cents, nearly twenty thousand uh, dollars. Is that twenty thousand? Yeah, there's twenty thousand dollars. Starting yeah. to, it's starting to lose value. I was reconsidering my decision. Um, and I felt something wasn't right, though before I could sell, it went into a trading halt. Ooh. Oh, that's really tough, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, so look, I mean, there were plenty of Nine signals. Nine months later, announcement that the company was bought. Yeah, the um, company was bought in voluntary administration. Could you consider what is the likely outcome for my share purchase? Does this mean our money is now lost? Where to from here? Thank you in advance. Now, this is a tough lesson to we, learn. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is a tough lesson to learn. It's like, well, if it's in voluntary administration, it doesn't necessarily mean it's being wound up. Mm. It's probably that's what's going to happen. Well, it is being. It it depends on. You have to go to the company's website, I think, and actually read up on what it is. Well, they should is, have released a, an announcement yeah. as to what the liquidators or the, yeah, were trying the to do, was. what the intention is. But, you know, that's really tough, that you may actually get something back yeah. in the dollar. It's possible, mm. but often these things don't end well. Uh, there's a high mm. percentage of uh, companies that don't recover from these things. What I will say, though, is it's it's a, it's mm. a tough lesson to learn. Correct. So what people do is often they, they learn from you know, experience in the market. So putting money into the market, one way or another, you're going to pay that price, whether it's through an education that will teach you how to get out of stocks like these before this sort of thing happens, um, or you're going to pay by learning now. So, okay, you've learned now, the stock's been in a downtrend. 
it looks like. Um, for some, you know, for the last couple of weeks, it actually mm. confirmed a downtrend. There were lots of actual triggers on the chart to, to tell out. you to get out. It was lots of warning signs, but it was looking really nice prior to that, you see. So it would be mm. interesting to see what sort of messages were being put out from brokers, etc. Mm. whether it's just fallen on hard, you know, tough luck, because here, August 2019 is when it started to really come back. Mm. So prior to that, it may have actually been on the up. So I don't know what's changed for this company. But it is a good, like people say to us, you know, yeah, it's okay, I'm buying these stocks because mm. they go up, blah, 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 and I can handle it. You know, and and but stocks do go broke. Yeah, like they delist it. They delist because they they're go taken broke. over or they go bust. Yeah. yeah, they do all sorts of things. And when you're playing in that small end of town, all those stocks under a dollar, mm. you are risking this sort of stuff at all yeah. times. And you really are risking this stuff at all times because things like trading halts happen. I mean, we've heard mm. about last week we had stocks in trading halts. I've had a guy emailing me, I think it was about 18 months, two years ago, about two stocks he owned, one he was making profit on mm -hmm. in a trading halt, and the other one was in a trading halt and he'd lost about, uh, wasn't, in, uh, wasn't in a trading halt and he'd lost 50% and mm -hmm. he didn't want to sell that one. And I said, well, how much do you want to lose? And then about a month later, I was talking to him again, he's going, oh, it's still in a trading halt, this other stock, what's going to happen? And it had been in a trading halt for two years at that stage. Right. And they go, and he kept saying, oh, well, they expect to bring it out in two months' time or three months' time. And I go, well, you can't do anything until it comes out of a That's trading right. halt anyway. So, or wait in this case. if it's been in a trading halt that long, well, you're going to expect good news. Yeah. But the one that was falling, he kept, and it was down 90% a month later, and he still mm. kept wanting to hold it. And I said, well, how much money do you really want to lose? Mm. And again, it's about that... I don't want to realise a loss mm -hmm. is the number one. People just don't want to do that. They don't want to realise a loss. Yep. But they're buying the wrong stocks and they're not managing it properly. Now, mm. as you said, this one was looking really good it for was. a bit, mm. but there's plenty of signals to get out of it too. So, yep. But right now, I would put it down to that you've lost your 20K and if you get anything out of it, that's the bonus. And that's pretty much what I would do. Boss, is probably not what you want to hear. Um, I just write it off to experience and... Um, as we can't constantly say, you know, your education is going to cost you one way or another. Yep. Uh, your choice is how you pay for it, mm. whether it's in losses or getting a good education. But we do have one last question, I believe, um, that the producer's letting us do. And this one's from Milo, who says, Hi, Janine and Dale. You got first this time. That's pretty good. <laughs> um, have been enjoying Dale's books and The Wealth Within shows whilst patiently building my knowledge after a few years out of the market. So that's really, really nice, mate. Um, I started looking at Oz Minerals a couple of months ago and at the end of June missed an obvious entry point when it closed with three higher troughs, three higher lows, and in doing so broke through any resistance it had seen in the last nine years. Now we're at the end of July, the stock has increased 23% from $11.20 to $13.78. And I'm kicking myself for not checking in, checking it at the beginning of the month. My question is whether these ongoing weekly gains still represent a good buying signal with an appropriate stop loss in place. Uh, clearly, the upside of any further growth is going to be lower. However, with the stock not having traded above its current level since 2011, a continued rise seems more probable than a fall. Keep up the great work, Milo. Um, can I say I think he's being overly optimistic? Is that, am I allowed to say that? Or is that being and why do you think nice? that is? Well, I, he just, I don't think his analysis is quite solid because mm. he's saying higher troughs and higher peaks and he just thinks that's, that's a good buying signal. It's not really he a good signal. He must be looking signal. on the daily chart. Yeah, and it really is. And to me, I think he's, he's hoping that it will keep going up to try and gump into it. So it's more chasing the mm. entry. Find another stock. Yeah. You know, that's to me, it's gone. If you've missed it, you've mm. missed it. Find another stock. And that's my thing. And so do you really need to have to trade Oz Minerals right now? What's your thought on the stock? Look, I mean, I, I like the stock. Mm. It's nice. I think he's right that, you know, it's a good stock. Yeah, but it I is. think that you're right, he's missed it. He's missed mm. it. So, Simple as that. And look, right now, given it's gone up for so many weeks, I'd say it'll be slowing down around that price that it's trading at now. Mm. It may get to around 14.50, um, but look, it could slow down and then pull back for a few weeks. So there may be other opportunities to buy it, but then you, you don't want to be buying it on the pullback. You want to wait to see where it actually finds support and then look for a further rise up and see if there's some strength in the buying again. Well, you've got to look at here. We've had how many? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Mm. And we're now in week 12 without any downward move. So yep. you would think 
what's going to happen now is we'll slowly get some, we'll get some sort of readjustment of that because yeah. a lot of people have actually jumped on the bandwagon with that and again that's really what people are doing look um, typically it mm. only goes up for you know a few months before it slows down it the mm. best run it's had for like after the GFC, yeah. this is not pre-GFC, but after the GFC is probably four or five months and then yeah. it stops. Yeah. So it, let's say it has another month up, um, mm. it may stop then because it'll be heading near an important level. Mm. Yeah, and that's the thing is we won't know exactly where it's heading until we start seeing a movement back. And it's like what I what we I, I, we talk about with people is stocks just don't they, they, they don't go up in elevators; they go up in stairs. Mm. So they need to move up. They need to come down and, and put their foot on the stair, and then they need to rise again, and then they put the next foot next foot down on the stairs, and that gives them the leverage to keep trading higher. Because what you'll get is you get people trading day trading, and then you might get people trading you know from one week to you know, a month or six weeks, and then you get people trading from three months out and medium term and long term traders uh, and then obviously you get the institutions on top of that but you're getting these movements within any market or stock so right now it, as we saw it's just taken off and it just keeps taking off and I think a lot of those would be those retail investors so yeah, you're going to get some profit so. taking somewhere but if, if there is something underneath mm. all of this sometimes yeah. you see stocks rise like this mm. and there's a takeover under there possible you know and this stock is cashed up so is this up. the scoop so who knows? I mean, it mm. may be, but I, you know, if you are looking to get you heard it here it, first with Janine Cox, it's a scoop. Want it, it's a it's takeover a good company. <laughs> okay, it is a good company, and I'm not. And, I'm and I'd be really sad look, looking through a lot of the stocks mm. on our market. It really saddens me to see so many that have delisted, either they've yes. gone bust or they've been taken over. Good companies, and slowly we we get swallowed up, don't we? Yeah, and I mean, you know, it's like, um, yeah, correct. There's so many companies that were just brilliant at trading and mm. um, all they've moved off and listed on the US market or the NASDAQ or something like it's that. It's really disappointing when you've actually got a great plan on it. You've been trading it for years and all of a sudden it's gone. Yeah, I mean, that was mm. me with News Corp. I used to make so much money on News Corp and then I listed <laughs> in the US and that was it. It was like, yeah, throw my trading plan out the windows. But, yeah. you know, and we've seen that with a few, quite a few companies. Uh, but this one's still, I mean, it does look good, but would you be buying it? now and my answer would be no. no I wouldn't be getting into it now I'd be waiting for it to fall away and to come back down into it again but um, I think that was it was that our last question for the night unfortunately yes I could oh, keep going damn. if we're allowed but we're not allowed to I've just been told oh. it's now the end of tonight's show and I hope you have enjoyed it and thank you for participating if you have a topic that you would like us to discuss send in your ideas and we'll look at your requests for our upcoming shows how come you listen to the producer in there and you don't ever listen to me? Well, he's he got tells you to keep going and do that. You it's just his go, yep. decision. Remember mm. to hit that subscribe <laughs> button. Please hit that subscribe button a lot just so that I can like the you know, video. Like tell the him video. that they're listening to me. Awesome. And remember to share the video of tonight's show on your social media with your friends and you colleagues. Won't. So the show can grow and help more people. Has <laughs> anyone got a sock? <laughs> also, remember to put this show onto your calendar as we will be back here or right here on YouTube Live every Tuesday, 7 to 8 p.m. As always, we're happy to receive your 30-second video questions, so send them to info at wealthwithin.com.au and just type Wealth Within Live in the subject line. You must do this before 3 p.m. Tuesdays to get into that night show. Yeah, we want to see your good-looking faces on the, on the screen. So, But what well, that does really do Help is bring us place. to the end of the show. <laughs> and again, we hope everyone enjoyed it as much as we have. Um, as always, thank you for joining us and we hope to see you again next week. But for now, goodbye, good luck, good trading. Stay good night, safe, everybody. everybody. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.